Happy New Year. Happy day after Titans victory. We're really appreciative that many of you made good on the promises you made to God during the game. Showed up. We Cowboy fans, we long for that day again. Moving on. So glad you guys are with us. Man, this has just already been such a powerful year. Uh, We took 22 people to Room in the Inn Monday on one of the coldest days that, uh, that many of us have ever experienced and fed almost 300 people in our Nashville area. And it was so good. Reggie, where are you, brother? Thank you so much for organizing that. I appreciate it. You were a volunteer. We had some on both campuses coming. It was just incredible to watch that and just to see that because when you put a, a cup of warm soup in front of somebody and they say, this hits the spot, then you just really praise the Lord that you were in the right place at the right time. So way, way to go, team that was there. We had so many that, that, uh, that came, young and old. It was great. It's fantastic. Great way to start the new year. We want to start that new year on a positive note because many of us, you know, we do the whole joke of resolutions. We make them on Monday. By Tuesday, half of them are over. By Friday, they're pretty much shot. Uh, Some of you bought the gym membership. We do encourage you to actually use that gym membership. Um, If you need some help, then there's some other people that can help you with that because obviously I don't use mine. Um, But we want to start that new year right. Do we not? We always want to make the choices. We want to make the things that are going to make us propel and go forward, not backwards. And so for us, as we sat months ago and talking about this series and kind of where we wanted to head as a church, we thought it would be very important that we would not only spend time in worship studying together, but we would also spend time in life group together. And so we're going to go through this book called Life's Healing Choices, and we've shrunk it down for us, and we're just going to call this series Choices because it is our belief on the pastoral team that if we would make more uh, godly choices, if we would choose things that God wants for us, then this would be the greatest year ever. But we have to choose to be in God's presence. We have to choose to be in God's word. And so we want to do that. We're going to be looking at the uh, Beatitudes of Matthew chapter 5 throughout this series. We're going to have guys like Daniel M. He's going to be back. He's a teaching pastor here. Uh, Chris Dolberry is going to be with us a couple of the Sundays. And many of you really enjoy hearing from Chris. And then a couple of the weeks you're stuck with me. But you know what? It's just God love you for it. But we're going to have a good time. But it's so much more than just this time. It's so much more than just this worship series. And so we want to begin to look at that today and kind of see where we're going to head. So for that, if you are in the middle of the aisles here, on the end of the chair is a little bag that has some puzzle pieces. And I need you to, it's group participation day. And up there on the mezzanine, you got some on the tables. If you're around, make sure everybody's got one. But within the next five minutes, you need to have a puzzle piece. And you need to have it in your hand. Now, don't stare at it and try to figure out whose piece is what. You just need it in your hand, okay? But as we get ready for this, we want to begin to tell you a story as we begin this new series called Choices. On a Sunday afternoon, a father was trying to take a nap. Any dads can relate to that? Moms, some of y'all. On a Sunday afternoon, there was, the father was trying to take a nap, but his little boy would not leave him alone and kept bugging him, saying, Daddy, I'm bored. So to occupy his time, he came up with a game. He found a newspaper, and he cut the newspaper in about 50 pieces and it, because it had a picture of the world. And he said, surely this will take him a long time. So he's cut the newspaper and he says, son, see if you can put this puzzle of the world back together. So the dad laid down just knowing that this was going to take him a long time. And in less than 15 minutes, daddy, I'm bored again. Dad wakes up, 
says, what's happening? He's like, I finished. I put the whole puzzle together. Dad is puzzled, saying, you've got to be kidding me. How in the world would you, of all people, know what the world looks like? You don't even know what countries. You don't even have to spell half the countries. How would you know? He said, it was easy, Dad. There was a picture, picture of a person on the back of the map. So when I got the person together, I knew the world looked just fine. <laughs> so we start with asking the question, how's your person? How are you? Where are you at spiritually with the Lord? Where are you at in the grand scheme of what's going on around this world? How's your person? Some of us, we think that, you know, we're, we're all together. We look fine. But if we, if we are not fine, then our world cannot be fine. If we are not growing in Christ, then the people around us cannot be growing in Christ. If we are trying to ignore the reality of where we're at spiritually, then guess what? The rest of the world is doing the same. So I ask you again, how's your person? For us, we want to do this series. And so you might be asking yourself, and several of you have already asked me, why are we doing this series? Why is it that we want to go together in sermons and life group? Because we want to make sure that every person is together. We want to make sure that every piece to our puzzle as a church is in the right place so that we can move forward together as friends, as brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, as people within our community, that we are constantly moving together all because we are put together. Because we believe when our church is put together, the world is a much better place. When our spiritual lives are doing exactly what they're meant to do, every piece is in its right place. And not the, uh, some of you, you know, the elbow drop or the smash or the drop kick, whatever you try for those pieces that don't, they look like they fit, but they won't. You get frustrated. You know, you with me? We don't want to be that. We don't want to be forced. We want to be exactly where the Lord has placed us so that we are the perfect piece for what people need. We want to make sure that throughout this series that we're making the right choices and we're putting the right pieces in place in our lives so that when we look and somebody says, blessed are those, that we say, yes, we are those people because of what God has done, what our relationship with Jesus means to us, and we can move forward together. I want you to take that, piece, that puzzle piece that you have. Everybody's is different. Uh, you could try, if you'd like, to go ahead and, and put the pieces together. Some of you would work. Many of you would not. But it's not for you to try to put the pieces together and see who's got what. I want you to take this piece, and I want you to put it somewhere where you're going to see it, remember it, touch it, just think about it. Maybe it's in your, your uh, coin purse, if you have one of those. Maybe it's in your, in your pocket when you're with your keys. Maybe you want to punch a hole or something and keep it with you. Tape it to something where you're going to see it. Because I want you to, every time you see this piece, remember that this series is about making sure that you are the right piece in the right place. The way that we're looking at this is you may be one piece away from being complete in Christ. Life's going pretty good. Things around you seem to be going pretty well. A lot of things are happening good, but there's still something missing in your life that's keeping you from being complete or keeping you from being whole. For many of you, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're new to our church or you're new to faith or maybe you've been away from faith for a long time, that one piece that you're missing right now that is going to complete you is Jesus Christ. And the best thing about him is he can fit in any spot. He can do anything he wants because he is the one piece that will complete all of us. So maybe for you today, before we get this new year started, before we even get that far into a series, you need to realize that your missing piece is Jesus Christ and then place your life into his hands. And I promise you, it may not snap your fingers and everything is great, but the more that you recognize that Jesus is your missing piece, the more you will begin to feel the freedom of sin. 
the more you will begin to feel salvation from the things of the past, and the more you will realize that you have eternal value through Jesus Christ. Some of you may be the missing piece for somebody else. You ever think about that? All of us in here have a story to tell. We have a testimony is what we call it. I like to call it a story because testimony and story, you know, it gets a little weird. You say, hey, have you shared your testimony lately? Be like, my what? But if I say, have you shared your story? Like, which one do you mean? Which story did you want me to tell? I want you to tell the story of Jesus Christ in your life because you could be the missing piece for somebody else that leads them to Jesus Christ. You could be the one that your story and how that you've engaged and interacted with Christ, you could be the piece that helps them come to know Jesus Christ. And through this series, I hope that you will get confident in your story as you hear some of the stories in your life groups, as you hear the teaching and you realize, man, I've experienced that. And then I want you to take your piece and go share it with somebody else. This could also be a great invitation. Hand somebody a puzzle piece and they look at you and go, well, what in the world is that? And you're like, hey, I believe that I'm the missing piece in your life to lead you to Jesus Christ. And I want to invite you to come with me to church. I believe that Jesus Christ is a missing piece in your life to complete you, to make you everything that you need to be. And I want you to come to church with me. How cool it would be. And so I would love it next Sunday. Somebody walked up and be like, yeah, I'm not sure why she gave me this puzzle piece, but she said I needed to come here and figure this out. I'm so glad you're here. I'm not sure why my, my husband gave me this piece, but he said I needed to be here. Man, I'm glad you're here. How neat it would be if we could be the completion of a puzzle that leads people to Jesus Christ. Some of you, you need to realize, anybody love working with puzzles with their family? Is it not like some of the best? Like we don't do a lot of puzzles at our house. We do have a thousand piece Star Wars puzzle that we have to tackle at some point. I'm very looking forward to that. Probably so I want to frame it and just put it in the office or something. But is it not one of the greatest family activities because they frustrate you? They anger you? They work against you, but at the end of the day, when you finish your completed puzzle, you accomplish something together. For us, you know the missing piece for you is you're not in a life group right now. You're not in community with anybody. You're trying to study alone in your faith. Derwin Gray, who's a pastor in South Carolina, uh, North Carolina, excuse me, in Charlotte, North Carolina, said this the other day. He said, you know what? Most of the people in our churches today think about big church as a whole. Most of the people in our church, we miss out on the rest of what God has to offer by only coming to church and hearing one sermon. So for two, you know, for, for two hours that you've been here, you only get about 30 minutes of sermon. Imagine if you got into community with other people and you spent hours with people. Some of you are like, I don't know that I like people that much. But I'm telling you right now, if you get into community and you get into a life group, that this piece will become the part of the Bible that you're not understanding. This piece could be the, the story of somebody else that has been going through or has already gone through what you're dealing with and that you would simply be encouraged by them telling their story and you're going, man, I didn't realize that I was not the only one. This could be that time and I got to witness this this weekend where somebody in the life group went to the hospital and, and Sam Mallory and I, Sam is our pastoral care pastor here, Sam and I are the last two that got called because the life group was already at the hospital. How neat to have that community. And that, that friend getting to see that, that she was a valuable piece to her life group puzzle. How neat. There's so many things. So I want you to take this puzzle piece and I want you to keep it really close. Because when we think about this, we think about you. Because the truth of the matter is, no matter who we are, no matter what we've gone through, no matter what our background is or what our circumstances are, 
aren't there multiple times in your life where you feel like a missing piece of a puzzle? Or you feel like you're the piece on the floor that's just scattered and you're not sure where, where do we go? What do we do? Which piece goes first? We're all a mess on some level. And if we're not a mess currently, we used to be a mess. We need that connection. We need that time. Last week, Eric was preaching to us. And if you haven't seen last week's message, I encourage you to go back and watch Eric. He did a great job preaching to us. And one of the things that I took away is he said, you know what? We need to go into this new year charging ahead, full of faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not to hold back and just, you know, hope for the best, but we charge into this new year. And so I think one of the ways that we can do that is by getting into this series, getting in where we can make some better choices that we're learning from Scripture, getting in community with one another, and then we charge into the new year with faith. Because as we can do this together as a church, I promise you we'll begin to see the value of Jesus Christ like we never have before. I love what Isaiah says here. Isaiah says in chapter 57, 18 and 19. You can turn that real quick or you can join us on the screen here in just a second. But Isaiah is is communicating with the Lord, and God shares with him this. He says, I have seen his ways, but I will heal him. I will lead him, and I will restore and comfort to him. And as mourners, I will create words of praise. The Lord says, peace, peace to the one who is far from me, and I will heal him. I love what God promises here. Because I think as we begin to think of choices and we begin to think of this series and making better choices, we kind of need some promises and some assurances from the Lord, do we not? God, if I'm going to make these choices, I need to know that you're with me. If I'm going to make these wholesale changes in my life, I need to know that you're going to be true. God, if you truly are the Savior of the world, then I'm going to need just something, some reality here that you are exactly who you say you are. And I think God gives it to us here. Because look at what the scripture says. He says, I will heal. I will lead. I will restore. I will create words of praise. I will bring peace. And then one more time, he says, I will heal. You know, as I was reading that this weekend, I was preparing the final notes and just kind of thinking through. What I miss is the beginning of that that scripture where it says, I know his ways. And as I think about myself and my spiritual walk and the things that I've been a part of and the things that I've done, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between, God knows me, and yet he still brings healing to my life when I need it. God knows me, and he still brings peace to my life. God knows me, and he still turns my morning into praise. And for some of you, you walked in this morning, you needed healing, and I'm telling you right now, Jesus Christ can be your healer. You needed some praise because everything around you seems exciting, but you're not there yet. And I'm telling you, Jesus can create some some words of praise. You needed somebody to lead you because all the things that you've been trying, all the things that you're attempting, all the blogs and and the articles and the news things that you've watched, and you're trying to figure out the 18 things to do differently in 2018, I'm telling you, you just need Jesus to lead you. And as we begin to see that that God is real. And as we begin to dive into scripture together over this series, I believe that you will see that God is healing and he is leading and he is caring and he is a peace giver and he will change your life, not for a single moment, but he will do it for eternity. So what may be a season right now is just a blip on the map when it comes to the Lord. What you feel is, man, your greatest failure, God will turn that. He will lead you and make it your greatest story. What you feel like you can't come back from, I promise you, if you're still breathing, there's still room for God to operate, and he's going to bring you out of it. 
We simply need to continue just to lead and to study and just to follow God on his path for us. And as we do that, man, we're going to do some incredible things. So we've decided to do this book, John Baker's book, Life Healing Choices. Because as I started reading through the book, John makes a statement, and I I change it up a little bit because I want to make sure it's clear for us. And I'm not trying to change his words. I don't feel like I've done that, but I wanted to make sure it was clear. John says this. He says, we can live a blessed life, a whole life. We can live a blessed life, a whole life, when we choose Jesus and learn to make godly choices. There, There are some things here. A blessed life. Let's don't get carried away on, man, if I start living for Jesus, then lottery winnings are going to come showering down, promotions, new car. No, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that in any form or fashion. But I'm saying you're going to live a whole life that you feel blessed because every day that you walk in this earth, God is going to be with you. That is the blessed life. So no matter what you walk through, no matter what your situation, God will be a blessing to you because he is God. But I love what it says here. When we choose Jesus, you know, one of the greatest things I've ever taught was from my wife. And she said, every day we got to wake up. We have to choose Jesus. We have to look at ourselves in the mirrors. We're getting ready. And we have to do something to ourselves. And it's not like that motivational, like I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. But it's simply waking up and saying, today, Jesus, I choose you. This world is going to be a dirty place today. There's going to be a lot of temptations to sin. There's going to be a lot of things that I'm not going to want to do. But today, above all days, I choose you. Every day we wake up there and we start there, and then all of a sudden we'll feel the blessings of the Lord. When all of a sudden we choose Jesus and be like, man, that, that coworker that's always a little rough in the mornings on Mondays, they must have had some coffee because all of a sudden they're nice. That situation in my house that was, that was really really tense, is all of a sudden at peace now. Why? Because we chose Jesus. And we began to see that Jesus is working in mysterious and wonderful ways. But we have to choose Jesus and we have to learn to make godly choices. And I think for some of us, that's the thing is, we think we choose Jesus and that's it. Imagine if you bought tickets to the Super Bowl, but you never went in. You got all excited that you got this ticket in your hand that was uh, expensive and, and you put a lot into it, but then you sat at the, the doors of the stadium and never walked in. Did you enjoy it for all it was worth? When we say choose Jesus and learn to make godly lessons, it's like knocking on the door to Jesus, him opening up, give us a bear hug, and then we say, I want to follow you every day of the rest of my life because I know if I stay with you, Jesus, then I'm going to have a life like I've never had before. And not every day is going to be perfect. We know that. But because I'm with you, Jesus, I know I'll be with you for eternity. And how incredible it would be if we would just choose Jesus. I love what Solomon wrote in Proverbs. It ended up being a devotional of mine uh, twice this week in different devotions that we're walking through. But as he starts in chapter 3 of his, his journal, it's called Proverbs, but it's kind of a journal to his kids and journal to his family. Then he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your understanding. In all your ways, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Combined with what John Baker wants to teach us and what Rick Warren will teach us in life group and what your life groups will share with you in personal testimony and what we will share with you from the sermons, what we're saying is if we will learn to trust and choose Jesus, then he will make our path straight. If we will learn and trust 
what God has designed for you and for your family, for our church, for our community, and we will put our faith and our trust in him, then we will see some things happen this year that you never thought possible last year because we are learning to choose him. So then we're going to get into Matthew chapter 5 with the Beatitudes. We're going to look at different things in this series. We're going to look at the admitting need, the reality choice. When Matthew writes that Jesus is saying in a, in a sermon, he's right, he records Jesus' words saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. We'll be looking at that because we have to admit that we're powerless to do things on our own, that we need other people. Mostly we need God. And that's the reality choice that we're all going to face. And we have to make that choice. We're going to need the getting help choice, the hope choice. Chris Dolbear, be with us that week. It'd be blessed those who mourn. What John writes, he says, just as grief is a God's pathway to comfort, pain is the antidote of denial. So while we feel different things, we know that God is real and he's there for us. We just simply need to give our, our help and our hope to him. Letting go, the commitment choice. Blessed are those that are humble. God doesn't ask you to be weak, but he does ask you to lay down your pride and be meek. I'm already circled that one on, the pride. How am I going to lay my pride down to follow Jesus better? We'll look at coming clean, the house cleaning choice, because some of us, we may just need to clean house, literally and figuratively, I don't know. But some of us need to do some different things. We need to make some different choices because it says, blessed are the pure in heart. And if we're ever to know the joy of a pure heart, it's what John says, then we have to learn how to get rid of our guilt and our shame and how to gain a clear conscience. But that means some of us are going to have to clear house and we're going to have to let go. Some of those chains that have been holding you down to some of the past and some of the sins and some of the things that you think, well, if I don't tell anybody, they'll never know. I'm telling you, clean house and let God in. And let's watch what he does that particular week. The transformation choice. When we begin to do what Matthew records, Jesus saying, blessed are those that are hunger, that are hungry and thirst for righteousness, that God loves us too much to leave us the way we are. Some of y'all may just need to look at the mirror and just re- repeat that line to yourself. Man, God loves me too much to leave me in this, in this status quo right here. He wants something else for me. He wants something more for me. And give your life to Christ that week and just say, what do you need to do? What do we need to change? Repairing relationships. How many of us, we, you don't have to raise your hand because then I may be around you. But how many of us have some relationships that are strained or maybe we need to make some different relationship choices? Because nothing drains us emotionally like the bitterness and resentment that we found in relationships. Maybe we need to learn what Jesus was teaching in Matthew 5 and Matthew 5, 5 and 5, 7. Blessed are those that are gentle. Blessed are those that are merciful. That may be a week for you right there that you just need to learn how to be gracious and merciful in some of the relationships around you. And by the way, side note, sometimes being graceful means walking away. It's that side. We'll, we'll get to that week. I can't preach that week now. Um, maintaining momentum growing in Christ. Pride blinds us to our own weaknesses and keeps us from seeking help. That might be a week where we just say, you know what, I've got to, I know what I need to do. I see where I need to go, but I have to choose it. James says in his book, if you know the way that you're supposed to go, you know the things that you're supposed to do and you don't do it. James equates that to sin. So how do we do that? 
And then the last week of our series, I'm very excited for that week because that'll be Access Weekend that's coming up for our student ministry. And last year, you guys remember Robert Smith from Oklahoma came and spoke to us, did a fantastic job. He's going to finish out and close out this series for us. We'll let him know about that later, but he's going to be here. And uh, I know it's crazy, but he's going to look at blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. And what John Baker says here is the proof that you're truly growing you're truly recovering from you and giving yourself over to God is that you stop thinking about yourself and you start living for others. How incredible that we could complete that series going, hey, you, you want to know if you're really making strides in this? Then somebody else is your focus. Man, how incredible our world would be if we would live like that. So a wonderful series for us, a lot of things coming up, but how do you get the most out of it? How do you and your family make sure that you get everything out of this series that you possibly can be? So we, Len and I spent the, some time together this week and we said, what, are, what can we challenge? What can we encourage our people with? Because we don't want you to just hear things. We want you to really absorb this, this information, this scripture. We want you to absorb the blessings that God is wants, wants to give to us and be able to use them for your family and for the families that you know. But how can we do this? Well, for us, it starts with just being here. I know that sounds crazy, but you need to make a commitment to be here each and every Sunday. Now, some of you, you know, it's like, well, it's difficult. I work and I can't be here, but there are multiple ways for you to be here without sometimes being here. First of all, just be here. I mean, look around the room and how many wonderful people in this room. They're going to be here each and every week with you. Join us and be here and study and grow together. But if you can't be with us because of work or maybe you're traveling or something, you can always join us online. We have a live stream. Jeff Jones back there, our media guy, he, he has a great ministry that he does because he's now putting all the services online. There's just a little bit delay between what's happening here and what the people are seeing. And then after that's over, he keeps the video and he puts it online so you can see it throughout the week and go back multiple weeks. But somehow, some way, join us each and every Sunday and be a part of this conversation, be a part of this study of scripture, and let's grow together. The second thing that you can do is to be a part of a life group. Jackie Cunningham is right over here. She, Jackie, please wave. Jackie's one of our ladies' life group leaders. Each and every week, we try to have one of our life group leaders here in our church uh, that'll be out there at Life Group Central. Jackie is very knowledgeable about all of our life groups and how they go and how they operate and what to expect in a life group. And she and I will be out there after church, and we would love to help you get connected to a life group. We have many that meet on Sunday mornings before church. We have a couple that meet during the week, either on Mondays or on Wednesdays. We would love to get you connected because it's not enough to hear the sermons. We want you to be in community because what better way to go, you know what, Scott was preaching the other day, and I just didn't understand, which is probably true more times than not. But anyway, but you get in life group, and then all of a sudden you'll be like, you know what, here's what I took out of the scriptures. Here's what I heard Scott say, or here's what I heard Daniel say. Here's what I heard Chris say. And then you start to unpack it, and then you go, oh, okay, well, that makes better sense. That's what the scripture was teaching. And it's just a way for us to build together. And then you say, you know what, maybe in your life group, like, I don't know if I can do this choice. Now you have 10 to 12 people, maybe fewer, maybe a few more, who knows. But you're in life group together, and you're saying, I'm, I want to do what they're teaching, but I'm struggling with it. And then they rally around you and say, we're going to pray for you. We will come with you. We will walk beside you. We will pick you up from church if you need a ride. We will pray with you. We will send you text messages throughout the week and try to hold you accountable if you so choose. But we will walk with you together in community. That's what a life group is. 
It's not just about transferring information. It's about trying to transform the heart and helping people get the most out of that information and live for Jesus Christ. We want you to be in life group. So if you're not a part of one, then I want you to come and see me and Jackie right outside the doors as soon as church is over. We will help you get connected to one. And if you're in a life group, then commit for the next eight weeks not to miss. Because starting next week is going to be week one, and we're going to go through this, and I want you to connect with every possible inch of this series. And, and some of you are like, well, I don't know if I could do a life group. Can I challenge you to make an eight-week commitment? That's a two-month commitment. That's not a lot of time. So between now and spring break, basically, that you would be a part of this life group and commit eight weeks to do it. And I promise you this. If you come to me and say, I'll make that commitment, and you hate life groups after eight weeks, I will never bug you again. I will still advertise to the church, but I will not bug you again. But make that eight-week commitment because I believe after eight weeks, you're not going to want to stop growing with those people. You're not going to want to stop being a community of those people. And you're going to continue on that life group beyond this series. And it's going to impact your spiritual walk. It's going to impact your family. And it's going to impact our community. And that's going to be incredible. The third thing I would tell you is that you need to bring people with you. You know, I joke about the puzzle piece here, but I'm serious too. It's an odd-shaped invitation card. And it's something you could walk up and say, I would love you to take this piece and I would love for you to pray about being a part of our series over these next few weeks. Now, you would come with me. And every time they were like, why in the world did he give me that piece? Oh, yeah, he wants me to come to church with him. And I promise you, there are 500 pieces of this puzzle. There are not 500 people present today. I will give you as many pieces as you want. And you can take them and use them if you'd like to because we want to make sure that we're inviting people. Because you know some folks in your life, and, and if you don't, then you're just fooling yourself. But there are people in your life that don't know any of this. They don't know how to make better choices. They need to be here. And we have the greatest gift to the world in our hearts and in our church, and that is Jesus Christ. So let's bring people to the gift. Let's bring people into our fellowship. Because after all, don't you like the people that you're sitting around, most of you? Some of you don't know each other. It's okay. They're nice people, I promise you. But bring people and introduce them and get in fellowship with us. And the last thing I would challenge you is this. You need to pray daily for this series. Man, we could use it as pastors, as staff, as pastoral, pastoral team is preparing each message. That you would daily just take a few moments and you would pray for us that we would deliver a clear and encouraging and challenging message that motivates people to go deeper in their faith with Jesus Christ. I would also encourage you to pray daily for your life group leaders. Maybe you don't have one yet, but you want to pray for your future life group leader and begin to pray for that person that they would be able to unpack the sermons and the scriptures and begin to dive even deeper into some of these lessons so that we can have more time to grow in our relationship with Christ. But while you're praying for your leader, also pray for that life group. One, that your attendance would be amazing, but also that as you come to Life Group, that you would trust and have faith in those people and they would help you grow in that relationship with Jesus Christ. But I would say, encourage you daily to pray for them. Pray for your people that you're going to invite. Pray for the people that you want to bring with you or you know could use this series. You know could make some better choices through Jesus Christ and bring them with you. Take them to lunch, buy them coffee, whatever you need to do, but get them here. But pray about that in engagement. God, I'm going to go to this place of business that I, that I work, and I'm going to see my coworker multiple times this week. Lord, would you begin to enable an opportunity to invite them to come and be my guest, whether it's my life group or in our church, 
but would you make a blessed encounter happen and watch what God begins to do? It may take a week. It may take all eight weeks, and they need to be here for the last one. We really don't mind. We just want you to be a, one that is going to be an evangelist and share your story and begin to pray and invite people to come and to be here. And pray for the outcome of the series. I know it sounds crazy, but we need to pray for the outcome of this series. That we would all, as the end of the series, that we would just go even deeper with our faith than we ever had before. That because we're going to make godly choices, that we would begin to reach in our community and we would do things spiritually to help them grow as a community. Whether you live in Donaldson or Hermitage or Antioch or Madison or Nashville or Mount Juliet or Old Hickory, wherever you may live, that we could be a, a light and a beacon in that world. And so as we sing holy, 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 man, we're making that happen. We're announcing Jesus into our communities and helping them. How incredible it would be to see our church go deeper into our community and build a greater community for Jesus Christ beyond the walls of our church. Pray for yourself in life group. Pray for your life group to see sense more than just casual Bible study, but to be exactly what we've said, just more community. Because maybe it's not that your life group doesn't experience it. Maybe you just need it. That requires some faith and trust. So pray that at the end of the eight weeks that you would be more excited about life group than ever before. And how incredible it would be to see people come to know Jesus Christ. I know some of these weeks it's going to feel like just a deep Bible study. But we want every time we come together a time for somebody to come to know Jesus Christ. And so we want to pray each and every week that people would come to know Jesus. Because who knows what choice somebody needs to make. But if they will make that choice for Jesus Christ, what an incredible week we just had. Incredible week. So for you, there's some resources out of the Welcome, at the Welcome Center. These books right here, this is what you need for Life Group. Just $5 a book. And if you say, Scott, $5 is too much for me, just come find me. We'll work something out. And by working something out means I'll take care of it. Because I want you to be in Life Group. And if $5 is stopping you from a deeper relationship with Christ, then $5 is not stopping you from being in a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. But we want you to be in a group. We want you to, because we love our groups. We love everybody in this church, and we want to grow and make better choices to have that blessed life that Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, to live it so that no matter what our circumstances or what situations we walk into, that when Jesus says blessed is, that we say yes we are because we have Jesus Christ. Today as we get ready to respond and get back to the Lord, just in our, in our worship as we reflect, I want to encourage you, if Jesus Christ is your missing piece, today is your day. It's just an introduction week. I know it's, it's, you'd love something more spiritually deep, but I'm telling you right now, you're not ready to go spiritually deep until Jesus is your, is your peace. And so make that choice today. I'll be up here in the front row. My friend Eric is right here. We'll have prayer partners at either side. We'll have some friends up in the mezzanine if you're up there. And just say, hey, I would like to know that Jesus is the peace in my life and not missing. Would you pray with me about that? We will share with you. We will pray with you. We will encourage you. Maybe you just need to make a prayer commitment and say, you know what, there is something missing and I'm not sure what it is, but I want to pray about that. And so I'm going to encourage you to find one of these crosses. There are two on the sides, again, one in the mezzanine, and that you would make a prayer commitment saying for these next few weeks, I want to find what my missing piece is so that when the world, when the, when the world sees me, they will see Jesus. And so whatever it is, God, is separating you and me, I want to get rid of it right now. And you make a commitment to do that.